Hello, Josh. Hey, Nate. How you doing this week? I am doing pretty good. Uh, it's rainy and cold here, but no snow. But uh, we got the Christmas lights up and uh, holiday music going, so we're all feeling the spirit, even though it doesn't really look like Christmas around here. Cool. We uh, yeah, we put up all our stuff actually before even before American Thanksgiving even. So it's, it's oh. been up for two weeks since we we went away uh, to the Midwest, out to Nebraska during Thanksgiving, and just uh, so we can get ahead of that, we we did all of our our tree decorations and stuff probably about two weeks ago. So. Wow, you guys are such uh, planner aheaders. That's not me. Say <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife. And, uh, <laughs> which is great uh, so it comp- complements my style with a lot of things as well so nice we've been holding off on the christmas decorations we're like don't do it too early this year otherwise we'll be sick of it by the time christmas gets here do you ever really get sick of it though like i i don't know uh, it's like one of these things right i don't know the decorations i think are fine but the music i definitely get sick uh, of definitely i I, yeah. I could see that yeah if it's if it's blaring a lot of times, but, um, anything else going on with you this week? Um, I mean, before we get into the topic, I did have a little fun fact. So, uh, if you, uh, recall, I have, uh, one of my, someone on my team that really enjoys listening to our podcast. And she sent me this morning, you know, like, I think Spotify at this point is like telling people what they've listened to in this past year. And mm-hmm. she's like, she's like, Spotify, let me know that searching for SAS was her top podcast most listened to this year. And it's a little Woo-hoo. screenshot. And awesome. it's like, it's like you spent 1019 minutes with your top podcast searching for SAS. That's amazing. Like they're on your payroll. So I'm a little suspicious, but like, that's cool. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I think you probably couldn't pay someone to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But maybe I can. I don't know. I don't think anyone else on the team listens nearly Uh, as much. Um, Well, that's that's very cool. Yeah, uh, I said I said yikes! A thousand nineteen minutes of Josh and Nate, and she gave a a funny emoji response. So, well, hello, Josh's coworker. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Yeah. And to all the other people who have listened to lots of minutes too. Glad to have you yeah. with us. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about today? So yeah, this week, um, I mean, during my trip, I was doing a lot of kind of strategic thinking and planning and, and whatnot. And one of the big areas that I uh, was thinking about was relooking at our positioning Mm-hmm. And by our, you mean referral rock or like our discussion about positioning? Oh, uh, yes. Referral rocks positioning. So, um, yeah, we're, I know, I think we've talked about it in the past as a, we're both fans of April Dunford's work on, with her, with her book and obviously awesome a positioning book. And mm-hmm. in addition to, I think almost any time, she's definitely on a lot of these podcast circuits, but there's like nine times out of 10, I still listen and there's always something (laughs) else I get out of it. I don't know why. So yeah, she's got, uh, she's got some good stuff to say. And she's Canadian too, right? Oh, well, there you go. That's just, that's just the ticket there. (laughs) (laughs) 
so what what kind of got you onto this? Just you had a struck by lightning idea, or I think I think it was it was a combination of just just relooking at a bunch of things in our like thinking about uh, like lead gen, thinking about our our operational and people model and, and product roadmap. So all these things, like you just sort of, I don't know why I just blank slate them very often, you know, every once in a while and just kind of like, I have tons of notes, but at the same time and tons of like ways I locked things down and said, this is what we're doing at a certain point in time. But I blank slate it every once in a while. And this is one of the areas that I'm like, Hmm, I just have questions. Like, we mm-hmm. came, we've done positioning exercises and we've come up with certain positioning and it, it shows in different areas like the homepage and different things. Not, and I think that's the, one of the confusing things about positioning, right? It's like, it's not necessarily, it's written out in words, but at the same time, it's, you don't necessarily use those words. Like it's more right. of like an internal guidance of, of like how you talk about things and how, salespeople talk about things, how it affects everything. It affects like your mm-hmm. market, who you're talking to, your channels. It affects. Yeah. It really flows into all the different areas of your business. And it's, it's a core thing. So that's interesting. You're wiping the slate clean. Is that kind of like a, a way of like thinking from first principles again? Is that kind of the idea or. Uh, probably <laughs> I'd say it's probably two parts. One part, like, uh, one part just yeah clean slate first principles like let's see what i remember let's see what like resonates sort of that whole mm-hmm. uh idea that why some people i think rage against having a backlog right mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah. but i still keep my backlogs and then i i use that as a way to sort of uh like refresh and and check against right so then i still go back to my old stuff and go like okay what has changed right like what is or what is my confidence level in x so i start with my gut yeah then i go to these other areas to to, right and check back yeah and make sure there's not some edge case that you forgot about or something like that exactly Um, yeah because then i'll be like oh yeah that one hasn't been top of mind right so kind of helps you get the top of mind stuff but yeah, but not lose the yeah. the the important things that might be hidden. I find that really I find that really fascinating because that's how I code. You know, like if I have a really tough problem, I will you know go at it and then I will just start from scratch again uh, if it's really hard and take mm-hmm. my learnings from the previous model and reapply. So that's that's pretty cool. Your uh, developer side may be coming out. So what? Uh, yeah, what, I don't know if it's what, a developer trait. Maybe it is. I, I do that too with developer yeah. problems and things like that modeling problems is sometimes it's like easier to just step away and start with a clean slate. So, mm-hmm. so kind of what, uh, what have you been thinking through where, where kind of have you started uh, with your positioning thoughts? So we, so the first time we kind of went through like her book has a very specific methodology for it. Mm. Uh, and, and, Coincidentally enough, not it was only that I recently remembered, but I was checking with the OKRs I set for myself, and one of them was like revisit our positioning and go through three different types of positioning exercises. And April's is one of them. There are plenty other out there, um, mm-hmm. and and th- hers is probably the most in depth because it's it's really 
the only thing that I wish was on the front of the book, which worked fine for me, um, for most people is like only use if you have like, essentially you have happy customers. Like you have <laughs> basically, you basically have data to yeah. work with this. Right. So if like you, for example, starting out some of your projects, it's like interesting to read, but you can't, you can't pick it up and take the actual steps and actions in the book because yeah. you don't have that data. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's a lot of guesswork and that's been very frustrating for me, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so you, you need to have the data. Um, so back in 2020 was the first attempt we did this and I had a, a different, some of the, the salespeople were different. Some other contributors were different at that time. So again, like, looking at past Josh, past history stuff to sort of look. So I would also say we never 100% completed the positioning exercise then. So we kind of just at some point, I don't know what happened, right? As most projects <laughs> happen, it's we, we, we ended up moving and picking on something. I don't think we ever like fully completed it. So mm-hmm. but that was in 2020. Um, and, but this time around, you know, we have, other people, but we actually are chocked full of so much more data. And there's some new people involved that I do think are going to be really impactful and helpful in this process as well, even if they're just coming at it from a very specific lens. So, Right. You're thinking kind of there, they have a different perspective on things. And so when they look at the data or the things that they're seeing day to day, they're going to have some different insights than you would have had back, back last time you did it. Yes. Yes. So different people also just the, the makeup of these people are different. Mm-hmm. Um, where one is a, you know, one of the key contributors is, is going to be um, the product manager that has, mm-hmm. and I think I have, have uh, talked him up before about how he's been a, a life changer for me, but you know, he even was over the summer doing some work directly with customers. So he's got like recency, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, opinions about that knows kind of the direction, the prod, the product as well. Um, and I think he is familiar with positioning, but is less, uh, hasn't really had his headspace in it a ton, but mm-hmm. so I have a couple people involved and I think one of them is the same is he's the, the guy that is, uh, closest thing to my business partner. Um, mm-hmm. I will just say is my business partner. Um, yeah. and, so, so there's like three, at least three people involved. And yeah. I kind of, I said, I gave them a little primer. I was like, here's a podcast. Here's an <laughs> article. Yeah. Uh, actually our friends at user list, like went yeah. through, uh, have gone through repositioning for themselves. And, and Jane has a nice blog article on like the, what they came up with out of their process. So it's sort of like a, a case study example of something we're familiar with. So I like basically gave them a here, get up to speed. If you want the book, happy to buy you the book. And next week we're starting this. So it's sort of like, listen to this stuff, absorb what you want, and then I'll be leading the process. So, yeah. So it's definitely different players involved. And then the other thing I found out, and I think we've often talked about like research, right? Like both the qualitative and quantitative side of, of this data and like how to how to kind of sort through all of, all of this and how necessary it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, so for this positioning, I I realized how much data, more data we have right now that isn't just 
like hearsay, right? Like, it isn't just before when I did it that first time, it was like, we got our top sales guy and we're like just talking through things and putting stuff in a spreadsheet. And mm-hmm. um, we've been using some call recording software over the past few years. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I've rarely gone into it, but I went into it the other day because I'm like, how far back does this go? Like how, how many, you know, do we have a limit? Do they cut you out? Whatever. And I haven't tinkered enough with it, but just on the service level, this is going to be like super impactful to the positioning stuff that we're going to do. Basically like, here's my thesis. Here's where I think we're doing. Here's what people say from a qualitative standpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, let me go and you can like build these models of saying like, here's what you're like looking, here's words you're looking for and different stuff. And I can go and reapply it to recordings and a recording actually ties with our CRM. So it's like, here's a sales call with this person that ended up buying Mm -hmm. and is also a happy, still paying customer. And I could basically run this profile against them basically be like, okay. And I have 20 of these, 50 of these, a hundred of these. Right. Are they all talking about like, you know, gift cards? Are they all talking about like sending links to their friends or something like that? Right. Or integrations. What systems are they using? Or Mm -hmm. what is their, uh, was there like an urgency to launch faster? Like any, any questions that we have, like in terms of profiles and features and proof Mm -hmm. points and benefits is like, I could potentially build these. So I'll still work with the team to come up with these. But then we'll have this rich data set in addition to data that is tied to our CRM, yeah. is tied to their actual usage. All these are, we have like just it's really, I don't know, really exciting yeah. the amount of data, hopefully, and the amount of confidence I'll be able to have after going through this with with that. Yeah, and that does seem to make a lot of sense. Like you you need to know what people are saying in order to be able to make good or uh, to have a good understanding of what positioning would capture their attention right like the more the more um the more ways that you're uh, being shown that data or being like listening to actual customers talking um it's going to give you better intuition and hopefully data that backs that up um because i think like some of this positioning stuff it probably does get a little bit into the squishy area where you say well um everybody's talking like they're all talking about they they all talk really fast and they're all, you know, have no time. It's like, Oh, okay. Hmm, maybe we should, you know, maybe if we made their onboarding for process faster, that would, you know, help things grow. Mm-hmm. Um, just like things like that. And I wonder if like you talk about going into the data now, I wonder if that's like a good ongoing thing to be doing, to be able to, um, you know, know what your customers are up to slash care about so that um, you're constantly kind of tweaking this positioning in some ways, not that you're updating documents maybe, but maybe just the working model in your head about like what your company means and what it means to your customers. Yeah. And that's one of the things that was sort of, I guess, you know, I would say lost on me early on, or I just didn't really this, this, this point about how positioning can change was not really uh, solidified in my head. Like, mm-hmm. and what's interesting is, and, and I think again, that there's ser- the serendipity of why I'm doing this now, right? Like, I think we mentioned that earlier. And one of these other ones is April had a, a uh, tweet thread uh, just referencing like 
a bunch of other of her own tweet threads. So it's just sort of like a <laughs> a tweet yeah. thread with a bunch of embedded tweet threads in it. I'll send it to you. It's really good because it really helped align like where's the boundaries of like positioning versus messaging versus like a vision statement versus. So she like talks about these things in a very succinct, clearly mm-hmm. divided way of her opinion and even buyer personas and all these different things that are like, you kind of look at these and you think, well, they're all intertwined, like which is first. And you've got one group yelling by the mountaintops, X is the most important. And you've got another group <laughs> that says, well, Y is the most important. It's like, it's more of the yes. And, but like where, for who, like for what department, yeah. for what team, for what, like all those things. And it's a really good post on that. And it, and that kind of also made me think of, hmm, like our close rates have actually gone down over the past like year or two. And mm-hmm. maybe our positioning is off now. Like maybe it's drifted, right? That that what customers are looking for is different, right? Or right. And and but you're right, building in there's probably an element for me now of like instead of right now, I feel like it's being a little reactive to it, or it's also being like, Oh, I put this on the schedule that I should redo this, but yeah. It probably should be more of a dynamic element to say like, Hey, relook at this, uh, type of thing, you know, every, every six months or every, there should be mm-hmm. a report every quarter to just say like, how often has X come up? Right. Or something like that. Yeah. But I think of like the, there's this principle that someone talked about once that of like the, just paying attention to something will help you get better at optimizing that thing. If you have some control over it. And I wonder if maybe this is one of those kinds of things where paying attention to what customers are saying and that being like all potential customers, not just, you know, the people who buy and not just the people who manage to get through to support or whatever, um, that you're listening to all of those people so that you, you have a good working mental model of where people are coming from and that you're what you can sense those position shifts. And so that, um, you you would do it more timely, I guess, that it's not just, you know, a quarterly thing that you look at and run exercises with your people. Um, but it's something that's, I guess, constantly on your mind because I, I think it's really important because you're positioning, um, like as a, as a CEO, you've got a lot of different things to worry about in terms of positioning, right? You're taking that input of what are the customers saying? And then you have to make sure that you're articulating to your team a specific way of, approaching that problem like we are going to be x for these customers and then making sure they are actually doing that too so i think the the more levels you can remove from that and the more time you can spend um getting that input i think would be helpful if that makes sense yeah operationally it's challenging (laughs) like yeah uh almost because like it's it's you know, people can only concentrate on so many things at a time with mm-hmm. their with with their own roles. And um, for me, I've learned that like I, it's harder for me to like what I want to start on a path of is, and, and w- which we largely have is just like certain people are responsible for certain like areas and numbers, and that's what's great about some of these tools. Like so. Uh, like I said, it, it does all these recordings and and you could look at reports and dashboards. So I could look at it daily, right? Like mm-hmm. say like, you know, is there is there a drift of this? But it's it's not going to be intelligent enough to 
it only knows what it's looking for and it could tell you if other trends start to pop up as well too um Mm -hmm. but that's where i wonder if like being on you know maybe you spend 20 minutes or an hour a week or something like that just being um like one-on-one with customers um or like listening to recordings or something like that you that might be helpful i don't know i i'm not uh i don't have much experience in your shoes but um i've just heard of other leaders who like run big companies and they spend you know a day doing support once a month or something like that just to have that connection with the pulse of the company and uh, i think that's a good idea but that's just my opinion it might be and it's i think it's hard it's like there's a million other things and i at some point you have to trust your team on some certain things so there might be people that share those same visions and same things but it also becomes a game of not necessarily over optimizing for all of the things so like on an operational front like the things i have to worry about to keep the boat afloat and to keep different things going um it'll change right and like the voice of the customer is important and but honestly probably doesn't change to the frequency that that very often it does over the landscape of you know you know months and 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 years um Mm -hmm. but But i guess i guess the difference is though i think is like you have a different understanding of how the company like you have the you have the whole picture of how the company works Mm-hmm. Whereas people responsible for, let's say, customer support have like a narrower focus, right? Like you, you have this depth of understanding around positioning where your support person doesn't. Um, and so that's where I think like, it's not like you need to spend all of your time doing support, but um, I wonder if there's some benefit to it. I, I think there could be. And I think that's where like these recordings are become a saving grace for those things. So it mm-hmm. enables, you know, uh, it would enable me to be able to do that more easily. Um, but at, at a at a time when I'm running a 20 person company, it's hard to <laughs> look at those. Right? There's yeah. other things that don't affect anyone else that I have to be attentive of, like HR related things or people yeah. related things that are going to at any point in time. So I, I, yeah, not yeah. saying it's not important, but it's, if I was to look at the stack of the things that normally fall my way that are burning <laughs> more important, mm-hmm. this one is going to go further down the stack. And I, and at a certain point I have to figure out how to trust, you know, lieutenants and other leaders to be doing the secondary other important things and mm-hmm. depend on them to rise things to the top as well. But yeah. I think at, at the worst doing these cycles of, uh, just pre pre subscribed, like doing this quarterly or whatever, will help to not like create too much drift. Like so that mm-hmm. there's there's at least a cadence for it, and that if you can't do it daily, or what is the cadence that you're at least looking at it so that you know you know if a meteorite is coming your way. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not sure if April talks about it too much um in her book i kind of forget uh what she's all gotten there but um have you guys looked at um some of your competitors in terms of your positioning and how you would position against others yeah it's the number one big thing in her book (laughs) but it's okay but yeah i mean if if just to to give a brief on that 
before we wrap up for the day. I mean, her methodology is essentially these major steps, which is like, first, there's competitive alternatives. And Mm -hmm. which she says, you know, if, if you didn't exist, what would customers use? And one of her big things in there too is more than likely it's the status quo. Like it may not, your, your competitor as a CRM may not be Salesforce uh, or for a small business may not be Salesforce and HubSpot. It may be a spreadsheet, right? Or it Mm -hmm. may be pen and paper for a certain type of customer, right? You kind of learned some of these things too. Um, The next one is, okay, what features and capabilities uh, do you have that alternatives do not? So, uh, it, it's sort of like what in what ways are you better than the competition? But then they she has you map those into okay, what is the actual value they get? Because it's easy for mm-hmm. us as developers and product <laughs> people to come up with features, but then it's like okay, what is the actual you know value and how do you group these sets into you know value and benefit driven statements and whatnot? And then you go from there and you say. Now, uh, who cares the most about the values that we do? So it's it's very backwards. It's like, you already have a product. Mm-hmm. You already have these things. It's like, okay, why are you better? What does that mean? And who does it? who is it important to? And then it walks yeah. back into, okay, now, what market category should you be in? Let's not even assume it's in a category, but not, <laughs> of the people that care about a lot, where are they? Yeah. And how do you reach them? So it's very backwards. But then most people think of like, I'm building X for Y, and that's where I start, right? Right. This gets you all the way back from like, I have a product and it has features and people are using it, but now let me see who it's actually best for and try to wipe, clean slate my brain of saying, I'm the best X for this type of person, right? And now at the end, you get to there, but it's only because you took it like, yeah, features and, it's like, and, and usage and stuff on up. It's like see, yeah, see where where I am, not where I think I should be. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. Looking at your uh, competitor page here, you've got like an alternative page on your website. Yeah, looks like you have quite a few competitors to go through. There are, and that's that's probably one of our biggest challenges. And it's funny is I've I've emailed April before. Um. And uh, it was obvious I didn't know what I was talking about when I did, but it was uh, <laughs> it, it was interesting because it's like, and I essentially I'm like, just tell me the category. What do you think? And it was kind of like she kind of just reverbed back like the main concepts of her book, even though I've read it. So it's sort of like <laughs> it was one of these things. Like, well, it's going to be dip- it depends and and whatnot. But one of our biggest challenges within ours is like I see it from a product lens as like, oh, we can do customer referrals, we can do affiliates, we can do uh, brand ambassadors, we can do, you know, advocacy programs, it's, uh, we can do partner programs, like all these things are the same, they have basically a third party is helping you. And there, there's an incentive structure for them. It's pretty simple, but there's like, people call it five different things, right? But that's why you see like a lot of alternatives, because there's probably some confusion in the market and people are coming in, but instead of me adding to the confusion and having 50 terms on the thing, it's probably yeah. better for us to pick a lane that aligns with our best features and our best attributes and where we get the most successful customers. And then sort of talking about it in that 
way. At least we talk about it from a point of view. Now, helping people translate it into our point of view um, is probably, that's where the messaging and the narratives kind of come into play, like after you have settled on more of the positioning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you talk about like updating the homepage and stuff like that. Like that's where the, the implementation of the positioning comes out. Right. So yeah, this is step one of many. If we, it's (laughs) sort of like, this is the base layer and, and also knowing that it may change, right. It may change in two years and, and redoing this analysis probably periodically or rechecking our, and maybe what it might be easier to do is now that we have all this data is like, how can I just recheck like, okay, let's just look at the past, you know, in six months, look at the past six months of, of call data and see if it's still aligned, see if it's still, yeah, you know, resonating and whatnot. So, yeah. And with your competitors too, it's like, what, what features or changes have they made in the last six months? Right. As like opposed competitor to, name has popped up more often, right? And that's the beauty of these tools. You can put a lot yeah, of them in there. The, the name and even like what their capabilities are too, right? Because they're also possibly changing their feature set or positioning as well. Yeah. I One of the things um, before we wrap up that was super interesting about the way I've heard her talk about it as well is instead of basically going hand-to-hand combat with every competitive alternative mm-hmm. is creating creating buckets for them so you are like we're competing against the people that aren't going to run a referral program like i'm either going to run one or i'm not going to run one right so it's like or i'm going to just keep keeping track on a spreadsheet or keep just a regular basic form for it so that's one set to compare and then the other set is potentially like the affiliate group then the Mm -hmm. other one is like customer referral group so knowing that there's just probably just for simplification so that when we are have messaging and positioning around it is very succinct about why we're better than this customer referral group and why we're better than this affiliate group. So instead of, so it's like bucketing, Oh, well that's those competitors. Oh, you're in this bucket. Here's why we're better. Like sort of um, versus like every little feature of every little thing and reanalyzing and reshuffling the deck. Like a lot of these things, I think have to come down to probably like, you know, three buckets more or less. Yeah, for sure. Like when you're talking to a customer, they can't wrap their head around you explaining why each of the 50 competitors is worse than you. But I think what you probably could benefit from with that is the, if all the affiliate um, companies start adding feature, whatever, you know, maybe that's something that needs to be addressed in your position. Maybe it's something you can ignore, Um, but it might be something that's shifting in the landscape, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Potentially. Fun, fun. Cool. Well, all the best with your exercises with your staff. It sounds like, uh, sounds like it'll be a fun time. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, right now I'm excited because it's like, you know, the potential of what, uh, how we can shift and change in addition to just that data just feels so exciting to kind of run this <laughs> against. Now, obviously if I come up with, here's my theories and here's my things. And I run stonewalled into it. You know, I'm probably not as excited. So right now it's filled with excitement, hope and joy. (laughs) Yeah. Give Josh some data. He'll be excited. There you go. All right. Well, we'll uh, see you next week.
All right. Bye, Nate. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's Searching, the number four, SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week. Thank you.